Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Power Up and Game. I'm your host, Michael, and joining me, as always, is my main man, Taylor. Taylor, what's going on, buddy? Man, I am doing pretty good now. <laughs> but we yeah. are recording this a bit later than usual. Would you like to tell the audience why? Well, I had a hostage vacation going on to where I went to visit my baby brother and my sister-in-law and their kids in Texas. And I was only supposed to be there for a few days. And this few days turned to a couple of weeks. And that became a bit of a cluster. And then you uh, got a little sick. And then you were supposed to visit your brother. And then when I finally got back, I got sick. And I like to think it's because you and I have gotten so sick and tired of talking about the Xbox Activision Blizzard King merger that we literally got sick. <laughs> we, we tried everything. Like our own immune systems tried to get us out of this. But here we are, pushing through. Hashtag warrior. Are you ready to get into this? Let's do it. We got. We might as well get it out of the way. Rip off the band-aid. Alright. Yeah, it is inevitable. So, here's what we have on our docket for today. Sony is reportedly pouring billions of dollars into R&D and an apparent push into live service gaming. We'll discuss the latest news regarding 2K's upcoming NFL game. An actor is claiming to be cast as the lead in Call of Duty 2024. And as for our main topic, we'll talk about the FTC versus Microsoft case, Microsoft's win, and the FTC's appeal. And we'll see if Taylor would keep his sanity intact by the end of it. Hint, hint, I highly doubt it. Uh, spoilers, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also are probably going to talk about a few other stories since we're recording this later and a few other things have popped up. Some pretty big things. Yeah, some very intriguing retro, let's say retro news stories have popped up regarding Activision Blizzard. A little bit of a tease there. Yes, and real quick, we just want to say that you can find sources for all of the topics we're going over today in the description of this episode. We do that to give out proper credit and if anyone wants to read further about the topics we cover. Also, it's important to note that you should take rumors or reports we cover with a grain of salt until they are officially confirmed or denied. Of course, some reports and rumors will be more reliable, but nothing is 100% in the gaming industry until it is properly announced. And sometimes, even then, it might get canned in the future. With that disclaimer out of the way, here is our main topic of the week. Microsoft wins court case against FTC to purchase Activision Blizzard King. As said in the title, Microsoft has won the case against the Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, over the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King. Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley ruled on the decision saying, quote, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision has been described as the largest in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. That scrutiny has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing, in public, and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox. It made an agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Switch, and it entered several agreements to, for the first time, bring Activision's content to several cloud gaming services. This court's responsibility in this case is narrow. It is to decide if, notwithstanding, this cur these current circumstances. The merger should be halted, perhaps even terminated, pending resolution of the FTC administrative action. For reasons explained, the court finds the FTC has not shown a likelihood it would prevail on its claims this particular vertical merger in the specific industry may substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision's content. The motion for the preliminary injunction is therefore denied, end quote, and props to The Verge as that's where we pulled the quote from. This is monumental win for Microsoft in its efforts to acquire Activision Blizzard King, but the company isn't out of the woods just yet as the FTC has already filed an appeal on the verdict. An Activision Blizzard King spokesperson told IGN the following reacting to the decision. Quote, the facts haven't changed. We're confident the U.S. will remain among the 39 countries where the merger can close. We look forward to reinforcing the strength of our case in court again, end quote. 
Taylor, I know this has been one of our topics off and on for months now, but do you think we are finally nearing the end of the road for Microsoft Activision Blizzard King deal and the legal stuff surrounding it? Initially, if we recorded this episode on time, I would have said no. Really? And I know that there's still some hiccups, and it seems like the deal isn't going to officially go through by the deadline, which I believe is the 18th or 19th, one of the two dates. So, like, I think there's some talk about being a, there being a temporary extension to that, which makes a lot of sense. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be going through, like, today or tomorrow at the time of this recording. That said, the reason I think we're nearing the end is because another piece of news that came out a few days after I wrote up this blurb and the whole Microsoft win over the FTC, and that is that Microsoft has made a binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for at least 10 years. So, yeah, I think we're nearing the end because Sony, to me, were the number one enemies to Xbox on this deal. And it seems like they have finally backed off with getting this agreement in place. Yeah, if we record this on time, I think we both would have been pretty skeptic about this as they keep trying to push this thing back further and further until who knows when this will end. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm actually kind of glad we're nearing the end. And I know as of today, when you and I are recording this um, for on Monday, that Microsoft could close things out if they wanted to. Because the only thing that's really stopping them is the EU, I, I believe. They're the still struggling. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're still struggling with that end. So I think that's the biggest hurdle that they have because... The FTC, we said in the news story that they ha- they can still appeal. Uh, I know that pe- that appeal uh, is no longer on the table. Um, they've already lost that one. So, yeah, it's really the EU that's really like the big hurdle that Microsoft is going up against. I Again, I don't think this is going to be a thing to where in the next two weeks we're going to learn, oh, it's all over. But I don't think this is going to be a story we're talking about in eight months' time in terms of, Oh, is it going to go through? Is it not going to go through? Because I think we're going to finally have our answer. It's the first time I've actually felt that way <laughs> in this entire process. So yeah. I'm thrilled. I mean, I think I think it's pretty much over. I think we're finally at the point to where the only thing we can report on is, yeah, it's done on this day and date. That's, that's it. I think that's the only thing we have left to talk about. Unless something crazy comes up that throws a massive wrench into the deal. Man, I can't even imagine what would happen. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I can't imagine. Anything. The only thing I can imagine happening is the EU just finalizing, like, hey, we don't allow this merger to go through. Microsoft closes the deal. And then they have to find, like, a third party in order to release Call of Duty in Europe. And that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in other Xbox news, we just want to mention this in passing here. Larry Herb, Major Nelson himself, recently announced that he is leaving Microsoft. After more than 22 years. So, congrats to Major Nelson. He is a name that I think a lot of gamers and not just Xbox players, I think gaming overall would get, oh shit, Major Nelson? So he's leaving. Congrats to Larry Herb. The best to him in the future. Michael, you got any thoughts on old Major Nelson? Moving on from the Xbox brand. I never got a chance to meet him, uh, even though, you know, I've been to plenty of uh, gaming uh, conventions and, you know, stuff like that uh, and, and uh, press releases and stuff like that. I've always wanted to meet him. He seemed like a really cool dude. Uh, but yeah, man, congrats on 20 plus years on Xbox. It's going to be kind of weird seeing somebody take his place, but uh, hopefully they can bring somebody who has just as much energy as he did. <laughs> when he said... Who was going to take his place? My mind went to, are they going to recast Major Nelson? Yeah. <laughs> Just put a new person the in new, the account? Yeah, the new the new Major <laughs> Nelson. So, yeah, man, I, I'm with you. Congrats to him and his future endeavors. 20 years is a long time to do anything. <laughs> so, props to hey, him there. Yeah, I can't imagine doing anything like that for 20 years. 
You ready to get into our other stories of the week? Yes. Uh, actually, before we do that, since we're still talking about Xbox, Taylor, do you want to talk about the uh, Xbox Live Gold going away real quick? Because I don't think I think you and I can get through this really fast. Yeah, let's go ahead. I was thinking about holding off until next week's episode to talk about this, but you're right. I don't think we're going to have a whole lot to say here. So, Taylor, how do you feel that Xbox, that Xbox Live Gold is finally going away? It's it's getting replaced. Do you want to explain like how it's getting replaced first, and then we'll get into our thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, for those who have yet to hear, Xbox Game Pass is Microsoft's, well, Xbox go-to, and it's becoming even bigger than ever when it comes to the Xbox ecosystem, because Xbox Live Gold is finally going away. And it's being replaced by what's called Game Pass Core. And Game Pass Core, I'm afraid, is actually a pretty cool deal if you ask me. Uh, so with Game Pass Core, you pay the $9.99 per month or $60 per year, the same as Xbox Live Gold. But you get a little bit extra. Uh, more than 25 games uh, from Game Pass will be available to you. So it's kind of like having a cool little taste of what Game Pass has to offer. And uh, the games with gold is finally getting rid of. They're finally getting rid of that. So there won't be any more free games to download with games with gold. Which, for the past couple of years, I would say even more than that. For the past three or four years, people have been complaining about uh, games for golds. Games not really being that good in the first place. Uh, so you're not losing out on anything, really. You keep everything that you've already have. The biggest difference is you're now getting 25 extra games via Game Pass. Other than that, you uh, you still get Game Pass Console, Game Pass PC, and Game Pass Ultimate. So that's really the big the biggest difference is Core is replacing Gold. Just to add on what you're saying here, some of the games, I'm not going to name all 25, but I'm just going to name a few of the notable ones. Uh, we got Among Us, Doom Eternal, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Hellblade, Swinia's Sacrifice, Psychonauts 2, The Elder Scrolls Online, Tamriel Unlimited, and more. So, yeah, man, that's not a bad lineup at all. This is the first time I've heard about this story. Like, right before we recorded. So this is my initial reaction. I'm going to have to look into it more. But I'm kind of liking this. I kind of think it's an improvement. Because there were some problems with Xbox Gold. Like, Xbox Live Gold is just... It became dated, right? Yeah. Uh, I always wondered when they were going to do something with Gold. Because the games with Gold just wasn't working. And really, the whole... Yeah, you pay to be online it felt really dated, like you said. I was like, yeah, you guys got to do something more with that. You got to give somebody more. And Core, I think, is actually a really good jumping point uh, to where... You pay the same thing you always paid, and you you get pretty much Game Pass, uh, a, a small taste of Game Pass, and you know you still get the your membership deal. You get get your discount. So really, they finally did what I felt Gold needed to be, and they finally give you more. And I have no problem with that. Now, one thing that I didn't realize, you got Game Pass console. Which is like a dollar more than Core, which is ten ninety nine for console and nine ninety nine for Core. Uh, Game Pass console doesn't come with online multiplayer, so like that's really strange. I don't understand why they instead of having Core, just move, every, just charge everybody the extra dollar and move them all to Game Pass console and have online be available there. Yeah, it seems like one too many tears. That's something we've complained about with Sony, right? But the, but the PlayStation, yeah. Yeah, where we, we said, it really like, strange. it's one tier too many. Just had the two and called it a day. Yeah. And they're weirdly named. I feel like this is similar. Core seems like it's either get core or get ultimate. Yeah. There's no point for the console here. And I would say, even looking at PC, like, I, I guess Pete is, I don't know. Okay, but, but the thing is, I think it should just be three tiers. It should just be console, PC, and ultimate. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if, you're, if you're on console, then yeah, you're going to have console and Xbox Live. You know, you're going to have all those games, yada, yada, yada. That's fine. 
then if you only have a PC, you'll have Game Pass PC and you have everything there. But if you're like if you're like somebody who has uh, multiple consoles and PCs and whatnot, then Ultimate would make sense that you can use it on both your PC and your console. That would be so much simpler to deal with rather than just, you want core? Well, I mean, what's in core? You get multiplayer and 25 games. It's like, okay, but for a dollar more, you get console, which gives you those hundreds of games, but no online. So, but why didn't you Are just... you sure about that? Well, that's the thing. Um, that's, that's what makes it so confusing is that console and PC doesn't do the online deal. I'm not totally convinced because that just seems like such an ass backwards thing. It does, doesn't it? That it feels more of just an oversight in the marketing than something that's actually implemented. So take what we're saying here with a grain of salt, people. I'm not totally convinced that because it just seems so stupid. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is just Xbox being stupid <laughs> and having it for no reason, really. Because who would want to have all those games with no access to online multiplayer for them? But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and look up on the official Xbox website. All right. While you do that, you want to go ahead and just get into our other stories of the week. I'll do the next one. Yes, we just really wanted to talk about it real quick of uh, of game of Game Pass replacing gold, which honestly I think is about time. Getting into our other stories of the week. Hey, we're actually talking about Sony. Sony is reportedly Ooh. investing a lot of money into game research and development. According to Nikki, Sony is pouring just over $2 billion into game research and development during the fiscal year ending in March 2024. But why the increase in R&D spending? Let's take a look at an excerpt directly from the Nikki report, which, by the way, was done by... Kichi Furukawa and Kentaro Tasumi. Anyway, here's the excerpt. I'm sorry if I butchered those names, by the way. Uh, quote, How dare you. Sony's pivot from a focus on hardware to a subscription-based business model is spurring the company to step up R&D. Having long relied on sales of its PlayStation game console, the company will now focus on live service games that let customers purchase add-ons for titles streamed online. Sony projects that the market for add-on style games will reach 19 billion in 2026, a figure that would that would surpass the market for hardware like the PlayStation for the first time. Sony itself has yet to make a splash in live service games, relying mostly on sequels to traditional games for software sales. Meanwhile, Microsoft, which already has a leg up in cloud-based streaming games, is moving forward with a bid to acquire game publishing giant Activision Blizzard. To chart a better growth strategy in the field, Sony in 2022 acquired major US game studio Bungie for $3.7 billion, aiming to use its live service know-how to boost development. Sony plans to have 12 live service game titles in its portfolio by the fiscal year ending in March 2026, up from just one in fiscal 2021. It plans to allocate 55% of PlayStation 5 game development spending to live service games in the year ending in March 2024 and 60% for the year ending in March 2026. Michael, we talked about the many studios Sony has acquired over the last year, including Bungie, and it was our belief that Sony was planning to cannonball jump into the pool of live service games. Does this surprise you in any kind of way? And also, do you have an answer for our question about Xbox Live Core and Xbox Live or Xbox uh, yes, um, Pass, whatever the hell it's called? Yeah. <laughs> See, it'd just be easier if it was just console, PC, and Ultimate. Uh, but yeah, Xbox Game Pass console does not have Xbox Live Gold. Well, that's just stupid. <laughs> it really, it really is. Anyways, uh, yeah, are you surprised for... by the other story? <laughs> yes, but uh, as for Sony uh, investing a lot of money into R and D, I'm all for it. Um, we we already knew that they were picking up uh, new developers to help them with multiplayer. And then they're picking up new developers to help with live services. So it would make sense 
that they were going to be pouring a lot of money to research stuff like uh, Destiny and MMOs. And uh, gee, what what else have they... Sony has tried live service in the past. Uh, I can't remember what they tried. Oh, um, All-Star Destruction... Destructive All-Stars was the game that they've, they, they tried that was supposed to be like this uh, car party live service game kind of thing they were doing, but that fizzled out really quick. Uh, so yeah, I'm not surprised that Sony is still trying because live service, as much as I hate to say it, it is kind of the future of video games, as much as that hurts. Look, um, it's a so, bad, it, I think it's a bad word in the gaming community because live service games are usually so horrible and they're so monetized focused. But if a live service game is done right, they're fucking awesome. It can be great, yeah. But man, so many developers and publishers, they struggle to get it right. And sometimes it's not even like, oh, it's a bad idea, or they just don't know what they're doing. Sometimes it's just a refusal to look at the other games that failed and learning from them. Yeah, if you ask me, um, oh, oh boy. Study Fortnite. I know that sucks to say, but just because <laughs> <laughs> Fortnite is one of the few games I feel actually got live services right, and even that was trial and error for them. Uh, but yeah, if you really want to know how to do live services, shit, man, I'm sorry, but you know, study Fortnite, see what they did. Like, the well, way not that everybody they has that events. infrastructure, but well, you yeah, look that's what at I'm saying. what I like about Sony here in this instance is they brought Bungie in. Who, while what they do with Destiny, some would also say like, oh yeah, they miss a lot with Destiny 2. Accurate. I agree with you there. But I think they get a lot right more than they get wrong. I think Bungie knows what they're doing when it comes to live service. So having them in their house here, kind of guiding them on the do's and don'ts of live service games, I think is such a major get for Sony. Yeah, well... Okay, so here's my question to you. What do you think is going to be their big IP that they use for their live service? Because we do know that a lot of their uh, teams is working on multiplayer games. You know, we know that uh, Naughty Dog is working on a multiplayer game. And so do you think, like, The Last of Us is going to be, like, their big uh, live service kind of game? Or do you think it's something that they're waiting to the future to where they do have uh, a better understanding for live service. That's a really good question. So basically you're asking, do you think the big live service game that they're going to be putting out, like their first massive major one they're hoping really hits the ground running, do you think it's going to be a established IP or a new game? Yeah. I think it's going to be a new IP. It just, I get the feeling that Sony would like to come out of the gate with a new franchise of some sort. And then you can go into a Last of Us live service or whatever the hell you want to do. And now, we're just using that as an example, alright? We can take Last of Us and throw any other franchise, Horizon, uh, whatever, in there. But I think their first major live service game that they're going to want to push is probably going to be a new IP. You know, I agree with you. I do think it'll be a, a new IP that they can take a risk on because really not everybody's into The Last of Us and the factions multiplayer. I know I wasn't really big on it. It was kind of cool, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't big on it. So I think like being able to get creative and just go balls to the walls with a new live service IP, uh, I think that's probably be the best way to go because Last of Us is definitely a single player thing with factions being like, uh, get on every now and again multiplayer kind of deal. But, you know, with Bungie uh, leading the way with Destiny, now they're working on Marathon, but like with the, with, with the stuff that they've learned about doing Destiny, uh, do you think they'll have a big hand in Sony's big live service uh, game? Yes. In some kind of way, it feels like Bungie is going to be, I don't want to say hands-on, but it feels like they're going to be involved with the at least the creation not not sure the day-to-day development or whatever but it does feel like they brought Bungie in for the purpose of hey we want you to help us oversee 
our live service genre of games we want to make. We need to catch up in that regard. I, I can't imagine that they're just going to keep them off to the side. Because yeah. it's a big deal. Whenever they end up going full into it, it's going to be a big deal, whatever that first game is going to be. Okay. Well, I can't see what they do with it. Uh, but, you know, Microsoft, Microsoft, Sony has has been on fire with a lot of their games recently. That's why I'm excited about them going into live service, because they have been crushing it with single-player games. And I'm curious to see if like they can actually nail a genre that's been so hit and miss. Well, the thing is, live service is tough to nail down, because to do a live service, you have to constantly have new stuff happening, new content. Appeal to casual players, appeal to hardcore players. you got to be able to yeah. get them enticed to spend money in the game and people who don't want to spend money in the game you want them still playing too you know yeah, because that's lobbies. it's bodies in the game you know it's people yeah. who are playing it you can have them stats there are people who are free advertising telling their friends they need to play it and maybe one of their friends is willing to spend money on the game so that's where the benefit lies there for sony right but here's the thing though where they release it day and date on PlayStation and PC, because like you said, you need those you need those bodies. So mm. do you think that they'll they'll bend at the knee and be like, yeah, you know what, we can't just do PlayStation. Let's also do PC. I feel like that's a little too far down the road to gauge. Right now, it feels like Sony is just so dead set on we'll release it on PC a few years later, but we want it on PlayStation Five first. Yeah, that's the thing, though, because Jim already said that, hey, uh, any anything first party that comes to PC be three, four years down the road from release on our console. But with live service, you think like, maybe they'll take that risk and be like, hey, let's release it on PC and PlayStation 5. Let's get those bodies in there together. I, I don't know. I would say it's not impossible. But again, I think it's one of those things to where we're so far out from probably seeing PlayStation's first major live service game. And I hope it succeeds. I do. I again I know how live service games are just so divisive. And whenever it's something like Suicide Squad that people really didn't like and we get it. I'm with you there. If it's a game like Anthem that doesn't feel like it was really worth playing, investing into. Marvel's Avengers is a, another major example of a looter shooter that just did not work, a live service game that didn't work. But man, if you managed to hit with it, I think you got something special. Because you got a game that is going to live on for at least seven years. And you can make content for it, you can make money off it, people are going to enjoy it. It should ideally be a win-win for both the person, the people making the game, and the consumers. Hmm. That's the ideal of it, is it should be a win-win. You're making money, and you're making new content for the consumers to enjoy. And you're giving them that sandbox to play in. The problem is, is somewhere along the line, a lot of these games falter with one of the two. You can't keep up with the content, or you can't get the players because your game, it just sucks. Yeah, yeah. But again, Sony's been... I mean, the point that they're putting billions into the research and development goes to show that they really are trying to make like the best of the best when it comes to uh their live service. So I can't wait to see what they got. Well, you know what? Some people claim to be the best of the best in the sports genre. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Definitely ain't Madden. It's NFL 2K. <laughs> and our next took- story is going to be talking about NFL 2K. You want to tell us about it? You were holding that one in, huh? You just couldn't oh, yeah. get the shit on Madden. <laughs> oh, I was ready. <laughs> oh, man. Well, since you want to write that up, here's the thing. Should we be worried about 2K's NFL game? Mike Straw of Insider Gaming has shared a new update on the upcoming NFL 2K game. Here's an excerpt from the Insider Gaming report. Quote, according to multiple sources close to the game's status, development of the NFL 2K game has been restarted at least twice since it began. To be clear, this isn't a case of development itself. Not going well, more so, this is a case of the game going in a different direction that required major changes to be made, end quote. For those hoping to see 2K provide competition with Matt NFL, it is a very important note that EA owns the exclusive rights to simulation American football video games. 
which basically means more realistic gaming experiences. Non-simulated NFL games are games more like NFL Street or NFL Blitz. Those were good times. So who knows if that's the road 2K is going down here, but it seems like they've been changing their minds on the creative directions of their upcoming game. So Taylor, what do you make of this report from Insider Gaming? I truly don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, it is, it is a strange story. Yeah, I remain excited by 2K making an NFL game. I'm still excited by the idea of them making something like a NFL Blitz or NFL Street or whatever non-simulation kind of game they got cooking up. But the thing that I'm kind of concerned about is that they've restarted development a few times, allegedly. So, and again, to, to be very, very clear, this Insider Gaming report mentions that it's not due to like development not going well. It's just that they've changed their minds on what they want to do. Which I'm like, well, that's not as bad as it could be. <laughs> it's a lot better than what it could be. But at the same time, I don't know how to feel. Like, I don't think I've ever heard that story before. <laughs> or at least not often. Torres... Oh yeah, development started over a few times. Oh yeah, they've lost directors. Like, what's going on there? What problems are we having? Oh no, they're just changing their minds. Like, they have so many good ideas. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I, I think the thing with that is like, uh, they probably can't figure out how exactly they want things to do. It's like, hey, do we make it like cartoony NFL? Do we make it somewhat realistic NFL? Because we can't do full blown simulation. Do we do like uh? Like backyard football style of the football, if you might remember those old games, backyard baseball, backyard basketball, backyard football. Those were uh, where they had real world uh, athletes with like oversized heads and it was funny and it was fun to play. Uh, or do we do something like uh, like AEW to where it looks realistic, but it's arcadey. So, like, I guess there's many directions you can go with that. And since they've been changing their minds the past couple of times, I guess there's no real rush from 2K to get this game out. Uh, mostly because, you know, you can't do simulated football. So I think for 2K, this is more of a testing ground, like testing waters. Like, hey, sooner or later, you know, the NFL and EA, they're not going to keep this exclusive deal going on. So let's look at our technology. Let's, uh, let's build up... Uh, let's build up some animation library let's figure some things out that we can do on our end and so forth and so on like logistic works so i think for 2k this is more like testing grounds i don't think they're really in a rush to actually put anything out yeah this is the first time they're making a football game in quite a while what was the last one they did the uh legends game like it was all pro football like it was 2007 or something like that oh my goodness i forgot all about that game yeah, it's been wow. a long time. It might have been like 2K8, or I don't know, man. It was a long time ago. Yeah, they had all the uh, old school football players. Yep. Yeah, oh, jeez. So, I hate to tell you this, man, but uh, are you ready to uh, get depressed by this information with NFL 2K? What's that? The last NFL 2K game was ESPN NFL 2K5. What was the last actual football game they made? Was I right with the Legends one? Uh, I don't know. Let me let me let me. Uh, I would look it up. But I thought yeah, they did make like a two. I thought they didn't make like a two K six. So that's surprising. The last NFL two K they made is considered arguably the best football game ever made. That's fun. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it was around that time in December two thousand four, EA started their signing of exclusive agreement with the NFL. So they've had an exclusive deal for almost 20 years. Way too long. Way too way long. Way too long. In my opinion there. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's way too long. But you know what else has been going on for way too long? What's that? Call of Duty. Oh my goodness, we were just talking about Call of Duty. Hey, I, I, I love Call of Duty. But <laughs> let's be honest here. It's been going on a long, long time. A very long time. Let's talk about Call of Duty 2024, Michael. All right, let's talk about it. So an actor claims to be cast in Call of Duty 2024. Actor Luke Charles Stafford has said via social media platforms that he'll be playing the main character in Call of Duty 2024. 
Quote, Activision decided to adapt their next main character, Ratcliffe, for Call of Duty off of my face and likeness, and I am elated. To all of my college roommates back at Anderson University in those years in Smith Hall playing Black Ops 2, next year we can beat the snot out of each other again, but I want to play as me. End quote. So this is kind of lining up with a lot of insiders are expecting. Call of Duty 2023 is simply some kind of continuation of Modern Warfare 2 from 2022, and Call of Duty 2004, I'm sorry, and Call of Duty 2024 is going to be another Black Ops game with Treyarch back at the helm. Also keep in mind that it was previously believed that Activision Blizzard would just take 2023 off from releasing a full premium release title and instead focus on Modern Warfare 2. Now, we don't have a whole lot we can dive into here, but Taylor, how are you feeling about Activision Blizzard's apparent strategy with Call of Duty right now? Is it working for you, or do you think they are starting to slip back into a funk? I feel conflicted because of another story we're about to bring up about Call of Duty, but I I kind of feel like they're starting to slip back in the, their funk where they were around Black Ops 3, Call of Duty World War II, Infinite Warfare, and that really sucks because I thought Modern Warfare 2019 was such a breath of fresh air. It got them out of it. Black Ops Cold War, maybe not the best, but it still felt like, all right, you know what? Fair enough. If you know the development of that game, I think you can give Treyarch a bit of a pass and be like, okay, oh, I get it. I get why it wasn't as polished as you probably wanted it to be. But then we got Modern Warfare 2, which is however you think of it. And whenever they were talking about, like, oh, like, insiders talking about, like, oh, man, they might take off 2023. We might not get an annual premium release Call of Duty. I was very excited. For the first time in a while, it felt like they were caring about quality over quantity for Call of Duty. And now it seems we're getting back into the, oh, no, we just have to put out something. So whatever Modern Warfare 3 is... I hope it's good. I hope they put out something that's worthwhile because what I'm expecting is basically a reskin of Modern Warfare 2 with some slight upgrades to make it feel like it's a new game, which is really sad. As for Call of Duty 2024, I'm way more excited for that because it feels like Treyarch's had a lot of time. Like This feels like it's actually going to be Treyarch's full vision of what they're going for. They're not going to be thrust into making a game that they weren't prepared to make. Or not prepared to make yet. So, I'm way more excited for a Triarch's game next year than Call of Duty 2023. Which I would assume is probably going to be Modern Warfare 3. Especially based off of some stuff that, you know, possibly happened earlier this week. <laughs> I'm not going to get into any specific rumors out there. But you can look it up on your own time. Uh, Michael, what did you think about this here? What do you think about Call of Duty right now? Uh, I'm in a point to where I'm kind of Call of Duty'd out, especially after Modern Warfare 2 was such a big stinker for me. I did not really enjoy it. Uh, I had no interest in Vanguard, but I did like the Modern Warfare 1 reboot. I thought that was great. I loved that one. But honestly, I never really cared for the Black Ops series, even though I played Black Ops 1, 2, and 3. I think I skipped 4. Uh... So, yeah, if, if they really are doing another Black Ops, it's probably going to be another Call of Duty I skip. Let me ask you this. With Modern Warfare 2, I really enjoyed it when it first came out. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was great. And then over the next few weeks, and especially when Warzone 2 hit, I felt like the game started to get worse and worse. And right now, I feel like, it, I don't want to say it's unplayable, but it just doesn't feel fun. In the same way that I felt like Modern Warfare 2019 felt in the older Call of Duties. Is that how you kind of feel, or did you just not like it much at all? I like the single player. I thought they put some great effort into the single player aspect. The multiplayer, I, I thought, was was just kind of bad, especially compared to Modern Warfare 1 multiplayer, which I thought felt like a breath of fresh air. Kind of like when Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare first came out, it felt like that much-needed reboot or kicking the pants that this, the franchise needed. Uh, and I felt Modern Warfare 1 reboot was that kicking the pants that the franchise needed. And it felt great. And then the multiplayer happened. 
I was like, wow, this is not, it doesn't feel as good as Modern Warfare 1. It doesn't feel as fluid. It doesn't feel as punchy. It just kind of feels like a bad updated version that I really, it really just made me want to go back to Modern Warfare 1's multiplayer and play that again. And Warzone, I don't think there was much of an improvement to Warzone. I think Warzone was still kind of meh. Yeah, I get you. But while speaking of older Call of Duties here, I'm going to read from a report from VGC. I'm going to read from their article here, written by Jordan Midler, who said, quote, Recently, Microsoft deployed a fix to Xbox 360 portion of Xbox Live, which resolved an issue affecting the matchmaking in older Call of Duty titles. After the fix was deployed, 2012's Call of Duty Black Ops 2 reportedly attracted over 10,000 simultaneous players on Sunday, while 2011's Modern Warfare 3 drew over 7,000. End quote. So, can you add anything on to this? Because I did not know about this story until like an hour before we recorded. Um, no, not really. Because <laughs> that was something that just came up out of nowhere on us, which makes it, which makes us holding off on uh, recording from all the stuff that happened to us even more kind of weird. Uh, because neither one of us had a chance to actually try this stuff out. Because I know you just found out, and I've been held hostage. So really, I don't. Ah, I wish I could talk more about it. It seems like on console, they're safer to play. I know on PC that if you played the old Call of Duties, like you were at risk of having your IP hacked and all sorts of other things. Like it was very dangerous. But on consoles, it seems like it was more just you could go into a hat lobby, and that was really the problem. And that's a lot less frequent now, and it seems that it's been relatively fixed. I don't know how much of that is accurate. I want to try for myself, but I also want to make sure that it's safe to actually go in and play. So uh, if anybody listening has played the older Call of Duties on Xbox, let us know what your thoughts are on it. Let us know if we should jump back in. Because me personally, I would love to get back into Call of Duty, like the older ones. I would love to get back into Black Ops 2, Modern Warfare 2. Those were, to me, like... Black Ops, Modern Warfare 2, and Black Ops 2 are probably my top three older Call of Duties. See, I do want to play some of the older Call of Duties. Most generally, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1. You know, I want to play Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare again. See, we did get a remaster of that, though. Same, I guess, I guess same with Modern Warfare 2, but that was the campaign. Yeah, I, I skipped that because I was like, no, ain't no way. No, I'm good. But I do want to play the original one, the OG so much nostalgia. I do kind of wonder, does my... Is all my DLC still around? I should still have that. It should be part of my account. You should. Yeah, once we're done here, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I don't have my 360 with me. Drats. You don't have your Series X? No, I have my Series X. Why do you need your 360, though? Well, because one, that'd be a great place to play it. And two... I think I have all my Call of Duties on disc. Hmm. I have no idea how physical copies work. I'm going to be dead honest with you with the Series X. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> well, some uh, some physical discs work on the Series X. Others don't. Not everything is backwards compatible yet. So you'd have to look up to see which ones are. And see aren't. which ones, yeah. yeah. Now, it'd be easier if I just had my 360 because then I know they'd work on it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get you there. So I'm, I'd definitely be up to play some of the older Call of Duties. I probably gonna do some research to make sure that, like, oh yeah, the issues did actually get resolved. But that is some really cool news. You start to think about like, okay, why now though? Because they could have done this a year ago. They could have done this three years ago, months ago. Why specifically now? And I kind of have a feeling it has to do with Xbox potentially buying them and possibly Xbox being like. Okay, so if we were to do, let's just say, a Master Chief collection for the Call of Duty series, what games should we include? Let's fix all the older Call of Duties and see what games all these idiots play. <laughs> and I gotta say, 
credit to them. That's a fantastic idea because that's something I think a lot of people, even people who do not like Call of Duty now, would be like, shut up and take my money. You got me. Well, I think it's more of less that uh, Microsoft is just trying to show people, like, hey, Xbox has Call of Duty. Uh, and, and I think this is more of a way of them like trying to attract people back to Xbox Call of Duty. Like, yeah, remember back when we were like the console to play Call of Duty? Here's a reminder why. It, don't get me wrong. That's, it's a great win for Xbox here because that's something that yeah, has yeah. been a complaint among the Call of Duty community for years. Like, oh, we can't go back to play the old games. They're nothing but hackers yep. there. Like, it's it's so annoying. We can't go back. Like, Kind of like you with Overwatch, right? Like, you can't go back and play Overwatch 1 because now it's Overwatch 2. You'd love to be able just yeah. to go back and enjoy that experience. Same with Call of Duty. But they can't because of hackers. So for Xbox to be like, well, we can't solve it for Sony or PC, but we can definitely solve it at least right now on Xbox. So here we go. I, I'm not going to say that it was completely done just out of the kindness of their hearts, because I don't think it was. That being said, credit to them. <laughs> yeah, but they're a business. There's no such thing as a kindness. <laughs> Everything's a business move. But this is one of those consumer It's a good business, business move. move. <laughs> That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's a good business <laughs> yeah. move. Props yeah. to you. Yeah, so I, I'm down for that. And yeah, like I said, I want to go back and I want to play... Modern War- uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare uh, just to remind myself if I actually like that game or if it was just nostalgia's sake, by the way it is one of those things that I want to go back and play actually, ah, I forgot why I saw it but uh, people have actually been going back and playing the old Call of Duty games to where there's more people playing those than there are people playing Halo Infinite and Battlefield 2042 combined that's rough as somebody who yeah. really likes Battlefield 2042, now, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of games we'd like to play, how about we talk about what we have been playing? Michael, I've been playing some PUBG every now and then whenever I actually play video games. It's been fun getting on, getting into the Battle Royale games again. It's weird how it started it feels like this whole craze started with PUBG. And I never really felt like it was the best. I always felt either Warzone and then Fortnite, or Fortnite and then Apex and then Warzone. Like, it felt there were so many better options. But now, in 2023, I find myself going back to PUBG. And it's fucking weird. Hmm. Uh, so that's <laughs> why I've been playing. It's been pretty fun. What have you been playing? Uh, I've actually been playing Civilization. Uh, I've been I've been uh, playing a few games on the uh, Xbox uh, cloud system, which I still don't like the cloud system. It still doesn't really work that great for me. But I still I've, I've been playing Civilization, and it is still my go-to for when I just want to spend hours without knowing it playing a game. So that and Vampire Survivor are two games I've been playing uh, a bunch. Awesome. I also want to add, if you want to spend hours playing a game without realizing it, since we just talked about it, you can get on Black Ops 2 and play some zombies. That'll take up some hours of your life with a lot of fun. I would say that. Yeah, I'm good. Michael's like, I don't have that much fucking time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't have the patience for all of that. The the, the secret doors and and working with other people. I'm good. Um, but with that said, Taylor, what are you working on and where can we find you? Not working on too much. You could find me in our Discord, the link for which is in the description of this episode. Since we were just talking about it and I mentioned it earlier, chat with us about your experiences with the older Call of Duties on Xbox. If you're having some fun with it, what games you're playing, we'd love to hear from you. But what are you working on, Michael? And where can the people find you? I am actually going to be working on some of the photos and videos that I took while I was out at conventions that I have yet to deal with because of my whole ordeal with, well, it's not ordeal. I mean, it sound so bad. You called it a hostage situation. (laughs) (laughs) Michael was out having a quality time with his family who loves him. And Michael comes on a podcast and he's like, I was being held hostage and then I got sick from the fuckers. I mean, come on, man. 
<laughs> like, damn. All right, I mean, I'm sorry. There's a there's a there's a certain syndrome that uh hasn't that, that that goes with that. But uh, but yeah, uh, I, I spend time with my family. You know, I'm finally back in my quote unquote office. So I am actually gonna be working on a few videos and photos while I wait for my next convention to pop up. And if you are interested in knowing more about what I do, you can find me on TikTok at Fox Daddy. That's F-Zero-X-D-A-D-D-Y. You can also find me on Twitch, which I'm going to start doing again at F-Zero-X-D-A-D-D-Y. You can also find me on Twitter at M underscore M-O-S-L-E-Y underscore J-R. Alrighty. And if for some strange reason you want to talk to me and Taylor, you can find us on our Discord Please join us. We would like to talk to you about all kinds of video games, movies, TV shows, and anime if you like. Also, our Patreon, which we are still in the... Uh, actually, you know, Taylor, I think you're the best person to talk about that. What about what was, uh, what's going on with our Patreon? Uh, our Patreon is a place where if you want to support us, you can. We're not going to lock any podcast permanently behind a paywall. I believe we kind of have it set up to where... We're going to have Nerds Talk Movies episodes premiering early on that platform. And we're also going to have some other benefits for people who support us. But again, all of our content will eventually be free on TNS Network as intended. We just wanted to have a place to where if you want to support us financially, you can. So if you want to, the link to our Patreon account is in the description of this episode. Also, don't forget to check out TheNurseDash.com, where you can find all kinds of cool news stories, tips and tricks, and cheats to your favorite video games. And of course, all of the cool previews and reviews that you can hope for. And so with that said, Taylor, let's go ahead and get out of here, buddy. We will see you all next week.